happen in Pocahontas. Call 870-520-6161 or search Rob Taylor State Farm on Google or on Facebook. Rob Taylor State Farm in Jonesboro and Pocahontas. El número para marcar es 870-520-6161. Hey, have you downloaded that new Deals Around Town app? I haven't. What's that? It's a new free app that can save you a ton of money at local businesses like Gearhead Outfitters, Munchies, Gossip Nails, Fat City, Steamroller Blues, China Buffet, Upper Crust Pizza Company, Los Arcos Enhancements Boutique. <sighs> yeah, and that's just a few. Wow. So tell me again what to search. Deals Around Town. It's easy to download and so much savings. Oh, I love this. Deals Around Town. And don't forget, it's free. Roof Raiders works hard to keep a roof over our heads. And when it needs to be repaired, go with the locally owned, five-star rated and award-winning professionals that cover Northeast Arkansas. I'm talking Roof Raiders. Roof Raiders works fast and they take extra care to make sure every shingle and nail and detail is done right. And Roof Raiders takes the extra step of working with your insurance adjusters on the phone or face-to-face to negotiate on your behalf. Call now for a free inspection. 870-919-6085. That's 870-919-6085. Or online at roofraiders.com. This is K. NEA K237FI 953 and K245CW 969 Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon The Ticket Radio Network It's time for the setup the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket Here are your hosts K Carlton and Andrew Bowen All right, welcome in on this Wednesday edition of the show, this Wednesday, April 27th, 2022 edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you for the next hour or so. Uh, streaming online, 953theticket.com through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. Also, uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter at the Ticket Radio and Instagram, the Ticket Radio Network is where you can find us there. Uh, obviously, a lot of talk about what happened at 191 Bill Street last night inside FedEx Forum as the Memphis Grizzlies went up three games to two on the Minnesota Timberwolves. So we'll uh, obviously spend a good deal. Uh, uh, the first uh, couple of segments on that, uh, some interesting things coming out of college athletics uh, earlier today, so we'll look at that, we'll look at some more national news, check in on A-State, and uh, much more throughout the course of the next hour of the show, but right now, Andrew Bowen will get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. A trio of Division One transfers have signed with Arkansas State Women's Basketball ahead of the 2022-2023 season. The head coach, Destiny Rogers, announced Tuesday the signing of Batesville native Izzy Higginbottom, plus FIU transfer Bree Beck and UC Irvine transfer Miladi Kapinga have all joined the pack. Meanwhile, it took 10 innings, but number 5 Arkansas walked it off last night for a 2-1 win over UCA at Dickey Stevens Park. Arkansas now has won 14 in a row over in-state opponents. Elsewhere, the St. Louis Cardinals were shut out by the New York Mets Tuesday, losing 3-0 at Bush Stadium. The Cardinals will look to avoid being swept as the teams wrap up their series today on 95.9 The Wolf. And the score of that is currently in the bottom of the fourth. The Cardinals are up 8-4. And John Morant scored a layup with one second left as the Memphis Grizzlies rallied from an 11-point fourth quarter deficit to beat Minnesota 111-109 and go up three games to two in the series. 
Game 6 is on Friday. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. All right, so as you probably heard by now, there was a basketball, a professional basketball competition played inside FedEx Forum last night. Uh, it was game number five of the Western Conference playoffs in the first round. And the Memphis Grizzlies won 111-109 to in said professional basketball competition <laughs> last night. Um, what a game. Yeah, first off... Uh, it was it was a really good game, uh, and we'll just kind of go through and talk through the whole game. First off, for the Grizz, uh, I had a feeling going into this, and I was sort of sort of right, sort of wrong, uh, that the Grizzlies were going to get off to a good start tonight. Right. So after Game Four, you know, John Morant has his press conference and. He's pretty much like, man, I'm sick of this. Like, I am sick of having to come from behind and not getting out to good starts and spending the whole second, third, fourth quarter trying to battle back from behind. So, I thought going into that game last night, the Grizzlies were going to get off to a good start. And they did. They got off to a fantastic start. It's 13-2, to three and a half minutes gone by, and you feel really good about where this team is at. So, Minnesota calls a timeout. Grizz are up 11, place is rocking, it's awesome, and what happens next? We get full Jaron Jackson mode. I, like, I'm not ready to quit on Jaron Jackson yet, but it is getting increasingly frustrating to just see the lack of discipline from him throughout the course of these playoffs. First off, you have a stupid offensive foul where he takes it down, Carl Anthony Towns has both feet set, and Jaron just lowers his shoulder into his chest. There's one. Second off, Patrick Beverly catches it in the corner. I get, you know, you're coming from the paint. You're trying to close out and get a hand in this face. But Beverly makes the three. Jaron knocks him down. Bang, bang, two fouls. Jaron's out for the rest of the first quarter of play. And the momentum just completely, completely changes because he cannot stay on the floor. He just cannot keep himself from fouling. And so when when Jaron gets the two fouls and Minnesota gets back into it, and, it, you know, I think – Grizzly players even kind of talked about this after the game last night. The The energy in the building just got zapped because for, I mean, let's be honest here. Let's, if you're a Grizz fan and you lose that game last night and you're faced with the challenge of winning two in a row in this series, one of which is on the road at Minneapolis, I don't like those odds. I, I don't yeah. like those odds a whole lot. And so I do feel like from a crowd perspective, in the second and third quarters of play, there was uh, a little bit of this, like, holy cow, man, the season, like, may it could end tonight. Like, it, the season legitimately could end tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I do feel like there was a little bit of that maybe going on last night, but it was it was not a good it was not a good second and third quarters play and the energy was just zapped out of the building and like it was uncharacteristic stuff too right like Dylan Brooks missed every single jumper he took where i mean it got to a point there in the third quarter where i'm just like you can't play him you have to take him out of this game he is hampering you offensively because every jumper he takes he is bricking and Ja forced everything on offense. Like he he played terrible in the first two to three quarters of play because A, he was forcing everything, and then B, when he got to the free throw line, he couldn't make anything. Yeah. And, I mean, I've never seen anything like it in my life. Yeah, the free throw shooting as a whole with the team was terrible. Even 
Brandon Clark, who's pretty consistent from the free throw line. I mean, he was struggling too. And yeah. then Tyus Jones was missing threes, and that's uncharacteristic for him. Yeah. You know what's bad when everyone's playing bad, including the people that you've been counting on in every other game. Even yeah. Bain had his moments. And it wasn't even like they – I mean, I can live with missed threes, missed jumpers, whatever. That's fine. That happens. You're going to have bad quarters, bad halves, bad games, whatever. Yeah. It, it, it does not bother me. Even when they're like – it bothers me when they're rushed, but also at the same time, given the dynamic and the DNA of this Grizzlies team, them missing jumpers is never going to like eat away at me. What bothers me is when you get fouled and go to the free throw line and don't capitalize. Yeah. And by the time it gets to the fourth quarter, like I'm at a point where I can't even watch because I feel like they are going to miss every free throw they take. Yeah, it's bad because those are free points. I think they left like 20-something points at the free throw line. Yeah. Something like that. Now, give them credit. In the fourth quarter, they go 13 of 17 from the free throw line, including John Moran, who made eight straight over the final six minutes. So, uh, again, that was a huge factor in the game, the Grizzlies figuring it out from the free throw line. But, I mean, we get to the half last night, and it's a two-point game, and I'm sitting there like, I don't know how this is not a 10 or a 15-point game at the half because – from the time the Grizz get up 13-2, to it felt like the Timberwolves severely outplayed them the rest of the first half of play. And, I mean, at that point, with the turnovers and the rush shots and the way you're playing offensively and the fact that you really have no answer inside for Carl Anthony Towns, Jared's in foul trouble. It seems like the team is discombobulated. To get to half down two felt, felt big. And then... You come out of the third, and it's the same old Sabo. I mean, it's forcing too much stuff, looking putrid on offense, uh, still struggling from the free throw line, and everything on the other end just came easy for the Timberwolves. I mean, they're they're shooting 56% from the field and 58% from two in the third, and it just felt like everything was easy for them inside. Uh, Anthony Edwards had a big quarter. Carl Anthony Towns had a big quarter. Uh and it just felt like every trip down, they were getting points. And the Grizzlies just kind of looked out of it a little bit in the third quarter of play. And you get down there to that to the late stretch of the third quarter last night. And I'm going to be honest. I did not feel good about where the game was at. It, it even crossed my mind of like, all right, at what point in the fourth quarter am I going to walk out? Because I, like, I'm not watching this team get blown out. I'm just I'm not sitting through it. I'm going to leave early if they are going to get blown out. And so you get to a point there where Malik Beasley makes a three. You're down 13. 85 to 72 is the score. And then the game just changes. With the clip you heard uh, as we come into the show. I'm going to play it again because it was a little quiet. Yeah, I'm gonna play. go ahead. Play it again. Lead in this opening round series. Morant. Oh! What a call. Yeah, so uh, obviously being there in person, like I, I didn't hear Iron Eagles call until after the game. What a call that was. It, like in the moment to come up with that jawbreaker call, that that's pretty awesome. But I'm going to be honest. So, and it, not that I was checked out, but at that point the Grizz are down 13, right? And there hasn't been a whole lot of plays to cheer for. Even if that play was to tie the game or something, I think I still would have had the same reaction. Because my reaction was, I saw the screen set, I saw Jaw going downhill, and I saw it from the top of the key on, and I'm like, he is like he is about to throw this down, like he is going to murder someone in the lane, <laughs> and he does, 
And, I mean, it took me a solid minute to to close my mouth. Because, I mean, it, it's, I, I'm just in awe. Like, my jaw was to the floor. Like, what did I just see? Did that really just happen in person? I, and, and everyone around me was erupting. And, like, I, I did not have the mental capacity to erupt <laughs> because I'm just like, what in the world just happened? That just happened, yeah. I I saw him go up and wind back, and I was like, is he going to miss? Because he's missed a lot of those dunks. I was like, is he going to miss this? And then he slammed it, and everyone went nuts. And I was like, Yeah, and, and wow. if you remember a couple of years back, like he had that the, the viral picture of Kevin Love. He missed that dunk on Kevin Love. This was the same dunk except over a guy that's probably a, a few, not probably, is a few inches shorter than Kevin Love. But still, still. The, the takeoff and just everything about it, like my jaw was on the floor. I could not believe the picture what I had just seen. Incredible. The picture is incredible. It's Yeah. And so <sighs> at, at that point, you're 211. It, it's 85 74th into the third. And I, like I'm still not to the point where I'm like, all right, the girls are back into this. But it did feel like at that point, it took a, a crowd that was dead from about midway through the first quarter until that moment in the third and revitalized them and brought them back to life. Because I'm going to be honest, I've been to a lot of Grizzly playoff games. Since they started this run in 2011, I've only missed four. From the midway point of the first quarter to the end of the third quarter, that was the deadest, the quietest, whatever word you want to use there, I have heard that crowd. Yeah. And it's not even really blaming the crowd. Like, what do they have to cheer for? What did they have to cheer for? It was bad basketball on the Grizzlies' point of view uh, from the first through third quarters of play. But you get that dunk. It brings you back to uh, back to 11 there and then starts the fourth quarter of play. And you get to the, like, you're going back and forth there a little bit in the fourth quarter um, because, you know, the Timberwolves are still making shots. And you get to... I guess it was about maybe the six and a half, seven minute mark. Um, because, yeah, I guess it was about the six and a half, seven minute mark. Because at that point, the Grizzlies are down by 10, 98 to 88. And shortly thereafter, you see Taylor Jenkins go with the small ball lineup. And. I thought that was the difference of the game last night. So you have John Morant, Dylan Brooks, Tyus Jones, uh, Brandon Clark, and Desmond Bain on the floor. And what you saw over the last six and a half minutes was Dylan Brooks in that small ball lineup go and guard Carl Anthony Towns, and the only bucket Towns got was a three with like a minute to go. Dylan's that was the on only defense. bucket he got. And for a guy that is severely undersized to guard up Carl Anthony Towns the way he did out of that small ball lineup, to me, was the difference of the game last night. Yeah, so that, that was a huge turning. Because at that point, like the Grizzlies had not found someone to get stops on Carl Towns. Yeah. They hadn't. Mm-hmm. And so, to to get that was, was big. Obviously, the free throws were big, too. Uh, being able to make those, uh, make the free throws w- was huge last night. Um, and then I would be like, I said it a few days ago. I think Brandon Clark is the MVP of this series. Oh, I completely agree. He the, was the rebounds, the yeah. shots, the free throws, everything was perfect. I, I mean, the amount of times that he saved a possession last night, I mean, it felt like he was saving every possession for the Grizzlies. It, Brandon Clark last night had nine offensive rebounds, 
nine offensive rebounds. And all of them were, most of the time, he was double teamed or it was super contested. And not even that. Most of the time, they were saving the possession where the Grizzlies would score. Yeah. Like, he he is so invaluable on the offensive glass, and just the hustle plays he made last night was was just so big for the Grizzlies. And I know John Morant goes off, and he does his thing, whatever, but, like, I I think Brandon Clark was the most valuable player for the Grizzlies last night just because of – I mean, you don't get to a point with a minute left where John Morant has that moment at the top of the key – where he gets a three unless you get Brandon Clark to save the rebound back out to John Morant. And um, by the way, the radio broadcast last night was awesome. And Eric Castletine's call on John Morant's three that gave the Grizz the lead was was pretty good as well. A three will take the lead. Morant, baseball to the left sideline for Bain. Bain drives, gives for Jones, left wing three. No good. Clark back taps the rebound to Morant. Morant a three for the lead. Bring it up. Put three on the board. Grizzlies by one. 107, 106, 103 left to go. Shout out to Eric. I I love Elliot Perry's reaction of just screaming uncontrollably in the background after John Morant hits that three. uh, Because, like, literally, that's that's what everyone in the arena did. Because I'm going to be honest, the the fourth quarter of play – especially the last six or seven minutes, was the loudest I think I've ever heard that arena get. I mean, it was deafening I, in there. I was watching on TV, and I could hear how loud it was. And I, yeah. all I could think was Cade picked the best game to go to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Jaw hits the three. Um, at that point, the Grizz are they're, – they're down by one, right? So, it's 107-106. And – like you have this chance, or I guess you're up by one. You're up this. You're up by one. One oh seven, one oh six. And so you have this chance. You get a stop. Carl Towns it, turns the ball over. Jaw can't get a floater to go. Brandon Clark gets the rebound, misses the tip in, and then the Timberwolves get the ball back down by one. So D'Angelo Russell has been on the side of the milk cart the whole series. Does you know misses the jumper? Grizz get the rebound back. And then Ja gets fouled. It's at the free throw line. And you're like, God, please, man. Like, please make both of these free throws. Please do not let this game in on missed free throws. Because I don't know that I can handle it. Ja makes both free throws. Five seconds later, the game is tied at 109 off. Anthony Edwards catches in the corner right side. Hits a phenomenal three. I'll tell you this, though. Edwards hits the three. Uh... Grizz call, I think it was the Grizz, yeah, the Grizzlies call a timeout. And I looked over at the guy I was sitting next to and said, I, I have no worry. Like, we get to advance the ball across midcourt, John Moran is going to win this game. Those are my exact words. And what happens? John Morant somehow hits the, gets the game winner to uh, <laughs> to win the game last night for the Grizz. Anderson breaks through. Brooks the inbound for Morant. He gets by Edwards into the lane at Vanderbilt. Scoops! Scores! With one second remaining. The Wolves have the ball. No timeouts. Vanderbilt for Towns from three-quarter court. Grizzlies are up. Three games to two. All on a move by John Morant at the buzzer to win it for the Grizz tonight. So that was uh, Eric Castletine, who you could have heard right here on 95.3, the ticket in the Grizzlies radio network. Uh, 
last night as uh, the Grizzlies got the win. Uh, I, I'm going to be honest. I have watched the I have watched that play from Morant, and I have watched the dunk from Morant uh, probably 20 plus times at least. Yeah, I have too. Um, the one thing that stands out, and I mean, I don't guess I really noticed it in the moment because I mean, like there was so much more going on in the moment last night. Uh, the one thing that stands out on watching the replay, if you go back and watch that replay of the Josh shot, the number one thing you notice is when they're inbounding the basketball, Edwards is on Ja. Instead of guarding Ja face-to-face and trying to prevent him from getting to the basket, Edwards goes all in on trying to get the steal. He whiffs on the steal, gives Ja an open lane, and Jaw capitalizes in the lane. So Edwards goes from potentially being the hero to send it to overtime to a guy making just a bonehead dumb play to give Jaw a chance to to win the game last night. So that was um, yeah, that, that was quite the night last night. I saw him go for the ball and I was like, oh no, yeah, <laughs> I thought it was over. But yeah, that I mean that just shows his. I think his rookiness of being in the league, you know, it's just not a it's not a veteran play that a veteran would make, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that was uh that was that was pretty pretty wild. I, I do want to come back and and talk a little bit more about some of the things surrounding the game because it it did almost feel like a little bit of a celebrity row at Memphis last night. Like I don't know that I've seen that number of celebrities at a playoff game and just some other cool stats I found uh, just surfing through Twitter over the last uh, few hours or so. But right now we'll take a time out. We'll come back uh, with more after this on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. More of the setup coming up next on the ticket radio network. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. When I'm governor, we will keep schools open, not closed. We will educate kids, not indoctrinate them with the left's agenda. We will empower parents, not bureaucrats. And we will prepare students for the workforce, not government dependency. I believe every kid growing up in this state should have access to a quality education, a good job, and a better life right here in Arkansas. Sarah Huckabee Sanders will fight back against Biden and the radical left's agenda. Inflation is a pay cut for every Arkansan, and Biden's policies are only making it worse. As governor, I'll begin phasing out the state income tax to give you a pay raise and unleash bold reforms to make Arkansas one of the best places to start and grow a business, creating thousands of new high-paying jobs. Fighting back against the radical left, empowering Arkansans. Sarah Huckabee Sanders for governor. Paid for by Sarah for governor. Hey, Paragool. Tired of high prices at the grocery store? Well, Chill and Grill is back with a mega blowout meat sale. Wholesale to the public. Get 20 ribeyes for 40 bucks. That's right, 20 ribeyes for 40 bucks. Family packs of steak, chicken, seafood, and pork. Get on down to 2310 West Kings Highway in Paragould outside the Quality Inn across from Lowe's and Harbor Freight. Wednesday, April the 27th through Saturday, April the 30th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Get 20 ribeyes for 40 bucks. That's right, 20 ribeyes. Buys for 40 bucks. Chill and Grill also has T-bones, New York strips, fillets, boneless, skinless chicken breasts, and a variety of seafood and shrimp. Don't miss out. Get on down to 2310 West Kings Highway in Paragould outside the Quality Inn across from Lowe's and Harbor Freight. Wednesday, April the 27th through Saturday, April the 30th from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Get 20 ribeyes for 40 bucks. That's right, 20 ribeyes for just 40 bucks. While supplies last. <laughs> 
crack screen on your phone or tablet? No! It's going to be okay. It happens. Get it fixed up and protected at Cell Phone Station in Jonesboro. For all screen repairs on your smartphone, tablet, iPad, or Apple Watch, call 203-0993. All iPhone screens replaced in 20 minutes. Oh, yes, just 20 minutes to have it back looking like new. While you're there, check out Cell Phone Station's selection of phone and iPad accessories, shock-resistant and waterproof cases, tempered glass screen protectors, chargers, pop sockets, wallet cases, and slim covers for most phone models. Generic OtterBoxes start at only $25, and they're always buy one, get one free. Come on by. Get your iPhone fixed in just 20 minutes at Cell Phone Station. We buy and sell AT&T, Verizon, and Straight Talk phones, and make sure you ask about our custom engraving and embroidery all all done in 20 minutes. Cell Phone Station in the Highland Shopping Center at the corner of Red Wolf and Highland in Jonesboro near Fuji Steakhouse. Cell Phone Station, home of the 20-minute iPhone repair. Get your iPhone back glass fixed now at Cell Phone Station. Go by for details. At Platigan Sports in Jonesboro, they know it's finally time to get outside, and they've got you covered no matter the sport. Get by Platigan for new and used equipment and apparel for both youth and adults in baseball and softball. They also have what you need for soccer, golf, disc golf, and much more. And if you have outdoor sports equipment at your house that's no longer being used, bring it by Platigan and turn it into cash. Before you head outside this spring, go inside Platigan Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology. You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393-5330 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back on the setup as we continue along on a Wednesday edition of the show. Uh, recapping a little a bit of what was a cool night uh, across the river at Memphis last night as the Grizzlies uh, Defeated the Timberwolves 111-109. to uh, 109. We won't spend too much longer on this game, but there are still a few things we haven't hit on that I want to uh, kind of hit on. So, and I'm going to be honest, because I didn't see this in person. Well, I mean, I, I saw it in person, but I don't know that I was paying attention to the extracurriculars after the play to notice that it happened. But with about four and a half minutes or so to go there, maybe it's five minutes to go, Patrick Beverly hits a jumper over John Morant and then does the whole too little celebration, right? So, in that moment, I didn't notice Patrick Beverly had done that. Now, Ja comes down, he scores, and he does over Patrick Beverly, and he does the too little like a few seconds later, and I didn't notice that. But from that point on, Ja scored the final 13 points last night for the Grizzlies, which in and of itself is crazy. But I saw this stat, which is. Kind of wild. It's the most consecutive points scored by a player 22 years or younger to finish a playoff game since LeBron scored the last 25 points in Game 5 of the 07 Conference Finals against the Detroit Pistons, which at that point was the breakout moment in LeBron's career where he's like, I'm here. Like, I'm LeBron, I'm here. So that is the first time since that instance where a player has scored 13-plus or more to close out a playoff game. That's like wild. That. So I, I I thought that was I thought that was um, 
pretty wild, uh, a pretty wild stat to take away from last night. There's a uh, there's a theory that a lot of people have told me that every time you do the too little celebration, nine times out of ten that player gets embarrassed or they lose the game. And I feel like it's yeah, happened a lot. I just, <laughs> and I've had this I've had this thought throughout the series. I just think the Timberwolves are a dumb basketball team. I just think they're incredibly dumb. They make so many dumb plays and do so many dumb things. Like the the Carl Towns, you know, shushing the crowd, the Patrick Beverly too little, the the amount of times they turn it over, the amount of times they rush shots. And I think part of the problem and part of the reason why these games are so weird is that the Timberwolves play this just dumb style of basketball and they bring the Grizzlies down to their level. And I think that's part of the reason why this series has gotten so weird over the course of the last five games. And I think the Timberwolves are talented, and I think within the next few years, they are going to be a, a tough out of the NBA playoffs. I just think they're so young, and they haven't been there before, that they're they're just playing, at times, incredibly dumb basketball, and they're bringing the Grizz down to that level. I mean, because let's be like, if this was the Warriors last night, and the Grizzlies played as bad as they did in the second and third quarters of play, that thing would have been 40 points by the fourth quarter. Yeah. That would have been over. Yeah. But because the Timberwolves just like don't have it in them to close out games, I mean, that's the reason the Grizzlies, who have trailed for like 60% plus of this series, are now up 3-2. to two Because the Timberwolves just make bonehead plays and decisions, man. Yeah, it's it's mainly been just, like you said, dumb stuff, and it leads to a turnover or... Patrick Beverly gets a tech for grabbing the ball from Desmond Bain. I think it was two games ago. I mean, it's just little stuff like that. And Beverly's a veteran. So yeah. the fact that your veteran's doing that and Cat's wanting to the refs the whole game and clearly causing them to not call for him because they're getting annoyed with him. So Oh, I mean, it, it was it was bad last night. And, it was and, horrendous. And like listen, I don't have any beef with Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's a very good basketball player. Uh, I've never liked I him. I like watching him play. But the one thing that just drives me up a wall, and this is across all levels of basketball, is someone that whines to the refs the whole time. Yeah. And that's like that's what and he's done that the whole series, don't get me wrong. But that is like the extent of his game plan last night. If he hits a shot inside, it doesn't matter how much contact there was or how little contact there was. Even if he doesn't hit a shot, like he's looking to the refs for a foul every single time. And that just like that just great. The worst me. was because I know you were at the game at the TV broadcast. It kept picking up him complaining, yeah. and it was on the broadcast, so everyone was getting annoyed with that. And there's a difference if you're talking to the ref and you're just like, "Hey, what was the call? You know, why did you call that?" That's different. Communicating with the refs and learning their names that is very important as a player. But when you're just every play, like that's a foul. That's a foul. That's yeah. a foul. Call the foul. It's like okay, I'm not going to call the foul now because you keep saying right. It. And, and and it comes back to the same. Same type of deal that we were talking about with Ja Morant yesterday. Uh, ja can't drive to the lane every trip down. Because, no, yeah. yes, he'll get the foul sometimes, but the referees are not blowing the whistle every single trip down. Otherwise, it's going to be a four-hour basketball game. And so that's yeah, kind of the 100%. that's kind of the deal with uh, with uh, with Carl Towns as well. Uh, other things for the game last night, the Usher thing I thought was cool. They set him next to uh, T. Morant, did the look-alike cam on the video board. That was cool. That was hilarious. I, I'm going to tell you, my, my level of respect – or I don't guess respect's the right word. Uh, maybe, and I don't even think admiration's the right word because I don't even like the guy. But <laughs> I, I guess my level of respect for Calipari went up last night because if you're John Calipari, you have to be pretty brave to show up in Memphis. And yeah, he seriously. showed up sitting courtside in Memphis last night. Uh, 
right next to the Timberwolves bench. So I, I, I did think that was uh that was that was pretty funny. But I, I'm going to tell you this. I, I think, and we'll take a timeout and get on some college athletic things uh, after this. But I think the big difference in the game and what possibly could be the big difference in the series. There is, like, John Moran is hurt. He said so the other night that he's hurt. And it's still that same knee injury that he got in the Hawks game back in March. Right? So he's playing hurt. How hurt? Who knows? Um, Off-season surgery hurt? Who knows? But he is definitely playing hurt. And when you put that into the equation, you can see why in games one through, what was I saying, game five? So games one through four, Ja was tentative. He wanted to be a facilitator. He did not want to go score. That dunk at the end of the third quarter last night completely revitalized John Moran on the offensive end of the floor. Oh, 100%. And I have no doubt he is still playing hurt. But, man, if you're skying over a dude in the lane, you can't be that hurt. You you can't be that hurt. And so I think more than anything, and maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes down in game five or game six and is like 0 for 80 from the field. But I think more so than anything, especially down the close last night, that dunk provided a boost of – confidence and momentum for John Morant I think he was yeah I think because again I think he's been hurt yeah I I I think he's been playing hurt and I think he's been scared to jump off of that knee and I think he's been scared to attack the way he normally does and that's not an excuse I just think that's the reality of the situation no 100 percent I don't know maybe that maybe that dunk last night is the defining moment of the series because listen if that dunk doesn't happen last night the Grizzlies are down two to three going back to Minnesota and we're talking about doomsday over here yeah seriously but real quick uh before we stop talking about this but um I thought it was funny that before the the series started who do we predict that would be the worst on the Timberwolves in terms of annoying the crowd and everything it was uh Pat Bev um completely wrong it ended up being Carl Anthony Towns yeah and, and Patrick and, Beverly's been fine I mean you know he just again plays. like with Patrick Beverly I've just gotten to the point where yes he's good defensively but he doesn't affect the game enough from an offensive standpoint yeah. for me to like really want to like be on him anymore like I, yeah I, just, exactly. I, I don't think it's worth the energy yeah but yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is is working his way up to become public enemy number one in, uh, in Memphis, <laughs> without a doubt. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout. There's some interesting uh, college athletics news that came out uh, earlier today. We'll also try and touch on some NFL uh, draft coming up tomorrow night, some baseball, and uh, more as we get set to close out a Wednesday edition of the show right for this time out here on the ticket. Era's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. Play ball. The setup continues right after this on the Ticket Radio Network. That's baseball. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo at the biggest Cinco de Mayo celebration in Northeast Arkansas. Thursday, May 5th at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center in Jonesboro. Be there for authentic Hispanic and Cuban cuisine served buffet style. Indulge yourself with a wide variety of customized adult beverage creations. Get lost in the night with live music from Mariachi Azteca. Dance the night away with live DJs plus photo booth fun and more all hosted by us. It's time to gather again and there's no better time than now. Bring your friends. 
friends to the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center and celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Tickets are only $40, and that gets you a buffet full of authentic Hispanic and Cuban cuisine, beverages, live music, dancing, and a night out to de-stress and unwind. And a portion of the proceeds will go toward a scholarship fund prepared by El Centro Hispano. VIP packages are available for tables of eight with even more exclusive benefits. Celebrate Cinco de Mayo, Thursday, May 5th at the Embassy Suites Red Wolf Convention Center. Tickets are on sale now at the Embassy Suites Lobby Bar at El Centro Hispano and on Facebook when you search Embassy Suites Jonesboro. You know, it's hard to think about your yard being green right now, but this is the time to let Mojo Lawn Care Weed and Feed go to work for you. Call Mojo Lawn Care Weed and Feed today at 870-219-3446 and let them go to work to ensure that you'll have the greenest yard in your neighborhood come springtime. Better yet, bundle Mojo's Weed and Feed with their lawn care service and save 15%. What are you waiting for? The time is now. If you want the greenest yard in the neighborhood in the spring, let Mojo go to work for you today to lay the foundation for a beautiful lawn. Call Mojo Lawn Care Weed and Feed today, 870-219-3446. That's 870-219-3446. Ensure a super green yard in the spring by letting Mojo Lawn Care Weed and Feed go to work for you today. When you bank at First Security, you're choosing better for yourself and fellow Arkansans. Better service from friendly professionals who really invest in your goals. Better solutions with convenient tools and smart resources. And better support for the things that matter to you as well as the communities that matter to us all. Because finding your better at First Security makes Arkansas better too. First Security, think better. Member FDIC. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, trust the folks at Purcell Tire and Service Center. Purcell provides unbeatable service, and that includes free alignment checks on their state-of-the-art Hawkeye alignment machine. Plus, every Tuesday is Ladies' Day at Purcell, where all ladies get an oil change, tire rotation, and brake inspection for just $37.95. And Purcell continues to be the home of the lowest price around on quality Michelin tires. Call them at 972-TIRE, 972-TIRE, or go see your friends at Purcell Tire and Service Center. Parker and Caraway, Jonesboro. Central Chevrolet Cadillac invites you to stop in and see our vintage Chevrolet on display. Originally owned by Mr. W.R. Bill Weaver, Central's 90th anniversary is coming up in May, and we invite you to get ready to celebrate with us. Central Chevrolet Cadillac is open 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday at 3207 Stadium Boulevard in Jonesboro. Central Chevrolet Cadillac, your home for meet or beat prices for almost 90 years. It's springtime and your friends at the Ticket Radio Network are ready for all the fun that comes with it. We're home to every A-State baseball game the rest of the season. Plus, home of the Memphis Grizzlies as they make their run through the playoffs. And be sure to listen every weekday to the Front Row with Budrow from 7 to 10. RWRC Radio, 10 to noon. The Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie from noon to 2. The Setup from 2 to 3. And The Drive with Brad Bobo from 3 to 6. It's all right here on the Ticket Radio Network. Work. It's the fastest hour in sports talk. Now back to the setup on the Ticket Radio Network. All right, welcome back here on the setup as we continue along on a Wednesday edition of the show. By the way, and, and this legitimately will be the last point. I, I didn't realize, and so I wanted to go back during the break and just look at how effective Dylan Brooks was guarding Carl Anthony Towns last night because they made the switch to the small ball lineup with about six, six and a half minutes to go. 
In that time, Carl Towns, three points, one of two shooting, one turnover. Wow. That I mean Can't make it up. You you literally cannot play better on him if you're dealing with yeah. I'm telling you right now, game six, I'm starting the small ball small ball lineup and I'm playing Jaron off the bench. Because what we've seen this whole series is that he picks up two quick fouls within the first five minutes. Every single game. Every single game. Yeah, I Don't agree. let him pick up the two quick fouls in the first five minutes. The The last five minutes having him on the floor are much more important than the first five minutes having him on the floor. Because if he's going to play dumb, then you're going to have to stagger his minutes. Like That's the only way to keep him on the floor is staggering his minutes. Otherwise, it's going to be the same stuff where he's fouled out with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter every single game. I agree. Uh all right, so interesting article out uh, earlier today from Ross Dellinger at Sports Illustrated talking about the NCAA transformation uh, leaders and their, I guess, changes to college sports now that uh, Mark Emmert is set to resign uh, in June of 2023. So I-, I thought there were a lot of interesting things to come out of this uh, of this article today. The The number one thing is eliminating the cap on scholarships in in some sports. Now, obviously like that's not going to affect football or basketball nearly as much. But when you look at a sport like baseball where the scholarship limit is 11.7 right now, well, that opens up a slew of possibilities for a sport like college baseball. And so I I love that. Like that is that is something that should have been done quite frankly years ago because college baseball is at such a disadvantage compared to other sports because you only have that set number of scholarships you can offer and you're banking on a lot of guys to get academic scholarships or I guess pay their way through through school without uh significant scholarship money. So that's the first thing that has been proposed, which I really, really, really like and been a strong uh, a strong fan of. So that's one of five things here. Number two is abolishing the limitation on the number of coaches per team. I would just like to go ahead and congratulate the Alabama Crimson Tide on winning every single college football national championship from here to eternity, if that's the case. Because <laughs> Nick Saban's just going to have 80 guys on his staff. He, yeah, he, he's going to have no limit. He, he's just going to have 80 guys on his staff to cover every single part of the football operations on a day-to-day basis, and Alabama's just going to win every single national title from here on out. I, I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I, I'm not a fan of that. Like that, that, puts, that puts schools that have the money in college football, like Alabama, like a Clemson, like a – I mean, well, really anybody in the SEC, um, like an Ohio State, and those cream of the crop programs, like they're at a massive advantage here because yeah. they can go out and hire whoever they want to and give them some fake position and whatever and have them on staff. So congratulations to Alabama on winning every single national title from here to eternity. If that uh, if that's the case, so I don't like number two. Uh, the the third and fourth one was you know expanding direct payments from schools to athletes, which obviously ties in with the name, image, and likeness stuff, and then reconfiguring the recruiting calendar. So it would be interesting to see kind of some of the tweaks in there, whether if that meant you know moving the the, the dead period in college athletics or adding another dead period or what the recruiting calendar would would kind of be like there. But the one thing that to me at least outside of the uh, scholarship cap 
that is the most interesting about this is the talk about implementing closed periods in the transfer portal, which, again, like there is no perfect solution to the transfer portal because, I mean, you have the one-time transfer waiver, so if you're unhappy in the situation you're at, like, go transfer. That's fine, whatever. It's, it, it's offered to you, so you might as well use it. But the problem is the just overwhelming amount of players within the transfer portal right now. And so if you restrict it to where you can only do it from date A to date B, then that probably cuts down on the sharpness of the increase of players within the transfer portal. Um, Now, you're still going to have a lot of players go, and you're still going to have a lot of players test the water. But, I mean, right now you're looking at over 40% of your play of players that enter the transfer portal, at least in college football, that don't wind up at a D1 team with a scholarship. Uh, I, I mean, I guess 8% of that is walk-ons that will go to a D1 program without a scholarship. But, uh, I mean, a clean, like, 33% are just left without a home to play football or without a scholarship. And so... I, I do think the conversations regarding the transfer portal over the next few years, especially as Mark Emmert, uh steps down as the NCAA president, is going to be interesting because obviously like there there has to be something done about the transfer portal because you don't want 30, 35, 40% of the players that enter the transfer portal in a given sport every year to be left out hanging. Yeah. So – I, I do think the conversations around that uh, over the next few years are, are going to be very, very interesting. All right, uh, we're going to take a timeout. Uh, we'll come back. We'll kind of touch on anything we uh, we missed and close out the show after this on the ticket. Our advice, just take the over. I think it's safe to say that I won the bet. More of the setup is coming up next on the Ticket Radio Network. Most livestock prices down. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. May corn at 8.15 and a half, up 12 and a quarter. With July corn at 8.12 and a quarter, up 10 and three quarters. May soybeans at 17.26 and a half, up 21 and a quarter. July soybeans at 16.92 and three quarters, up 21. May wheat at 10.80, down three and a quarter. With July wheat at 10.91 and a quarter, down three and three quarters. May cotton at 146.08, up 355. With July cotton at 146.68, up five. May rice at sixteen sixty six down nine cents with July rice at seventeen oh three down seven. Moving on to livestock now, April live cattle at one thirty eight fifty down one fifty with June live cattle at one thirty five oh two and a half down one twenty two and a half. April feeder cattle at one fifty six twenty unchanged with May feeder cattle at one fifty seven thirty five down three thirty seven and a half. May lane hogs at one oh four seventeen and a half down one oh two and a half with June hogs at one ten thirty five down eighty two and a half. That's your EAB Market Countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. Soil, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Soil Ship Enterprise to explore soil life, to boldly grow where cover crops have never grown before. Farmer's Log, soil date 31655.4. We've come across some strange but incredibly helpful life forms. We didn't have to travel far to find them, but these organisms have proven invaluable on our trip through the solar system. They help feed us by nourishing and protecting our crops. They've built our soil structure to make it more resilient to the harsh weather we encounter. Our sensors indicate they're even helping us store carbon that plants take out of the atmosphere and put it back into the soil. 
guess you can say our living and life-giving soil is the best thing to cling on to. Um, sorry. <laughs> That's soil fleet humor. <laughs> Visit your local USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service office today and learn more about the basics and benefits of soil health. This message brought to you by USDA and this radio station. Hey farmers, WT Equipment in Jonesboro and Pocahontas is open and ready to equip the farmers of Northeast Arkansas. Having a hard time locating available equipment prior to year's end? Do you need to upgrade your tractors, combines, or sprayer to be prepared for the 22 crop year? At WT Equipment, we have both new and pre-owned New Holland T9, T8, T7, and T6 tractors available for sale now, ranging from 125 to 620 horsepower. Both new and pre-owned New Holland CR combines also available now. New Holland SP Model sprayers ready to roll now. Be prepared for the 22 crop year. Come see us at WT Equipment in Jonesboro or Pocahontas. To speak with our sales department in Jonesboro, call 870-972-5522. That's 870-972-5522. For Pocahontas, call 870-892-5254. That's 870-892-5254. Or visit our website at WTEquip.com. WT Equipment, let's get it done. Hey, this is Angie Gallagher at United Country Scenic Curvers Realty. Listen to this great deal that just hit the real estate market. It is two homes on 30 acres of pasture with a pond and a large barn for only $275,000. The main home is newer and has three bedrooms and two baths. The second home is an older three-bedroom that is a fixer-upper. This is a great little hobby farm. Call us at United Country Scenic Rivers Realty at 870-219-5159 or check it out on our website at unitedcountryozarks.com. If you're a mechanic or mechanically inclined with the willingness to learn, Harris Ford and Newport would like to talk to you. For years, Harris Ford has been known to train and employ some of the best service technicians in America, and we're now looking for new applicants. So whether you're a seasoned professional or mechanically inclined with a good attitude and willing to learn, Harris Ford is offering competitive pay and benefit packages. So don't delay and contact Gerald today at Harris Ford, 523-5559, 523-5559. Timeout's over, and we're going to the full court press. Now, let's get back to the setup on the Ticket Radio Network. All right, welcome back as we continue along on a Wednesday edition of the show here on the Ticket Radio Network. Uh, Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the Ticket for the next uh, five or six minutes or so. Uh, we'll we'll kind of go around the horn in these last few minutes. Um, I don't remember the last time I have seen a team just actively pretty much quit on the season with still a playoff game to be played quite like the Chicago Bulls are doing. Uh, Alex Crusoe is not playing tonight. Zach Levine not playing tonight either. Uh, he has already said he's going to have to have post offseason surgery on his knee. And because of that, the Milwaukee Bucks are currently a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, if this game is close, I will be surprised because the yeah. Chicago Bulls are pretty much been like, all right, we got four more quarters, and then we're out. Deuces. Cabo on three. One, two, three. Like, that, that, that's, what their, that's what their game plan is right now. I feel for the Bulls. They had, they had a lot of injuries throughout the season, and it caused them to fall pretty far. Um, I think next year they're going to be a, a bigger threat in the playoffs and yeah. the regular season. But, yeah, I agree. It is kind of quitting on your team pretty early. Um, but 
Nikola Jokic will probably be mad tonight because I do feel like the Golden State Warriors are are going to beat the Nuggets. They are starting the death lineup tonight. That's the rumor is that they're starting their death lineup. And so I do think Nikola Jokic is going to be mad and, and all that. But the rest of the Nuggets, Cabo on three. Yeah, One, they, two, they three. look like they don't want they, to be there. They, they don't want to be there. Yeah. Hey, go they, Dubs. Go they, Warriors, baby. They're, they're on the first flight out of San Francisco to some private resort tomorrow. And now, Jokic is probably like going to the gym and he's mad and he's ticked off and all that. But like... I don't know. I don't even know if I could name someone on the Nuggets besides Jokic. I mean, A, the people I know are all hurt. B, they have just a bunch of dudes. It's like watching LeBron play with Andrew Severzhow <laughs> and Zdenius Gauskas uh, back in the mid-2000s yeah. Cavs. Except Jokic is not quite as good as LeBron was back when they, then. When they got Aaron Gordon, I thought that was going to be a game changer. and it, I mean, it was for like half the season, and then everyone figured it out, and now it's yeah. not. But. Yeah, so those are your two playoff games tonight. Uh, there's a good chance that neither of those games are, are going to be particularly um, close tonight. Uh, looking at some Major League Baseball, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, by the way, lost yesterday to the New York Mets. They are in action right now. Um, nine to four. Holy cow! Nine to four. Cardinals are up over on the Wolf. It was uh, four to one Mets after the second inning of play. And the Cardinals put up two in the bottom of the third, five at the bottom of the fourth, one at the bottom of the sixth, and they now lead it nine to four over the New York Mets, looking to salvage a game uh, in that series this week. So that uh, that's what's going on in uh, in in St. Louis right now. Um, I, I think I made the prediction yesterday on the show. Marcus Stroman was going to show that he is not a terrible pitcher, and he did that. He only gave up uh, three three uh, earned runs last night. Uh, I believe got a quality start. The Cubs just only scored one run, and so they lost 3-1 to one to the Atlanta Braves last night. So the, uh, the NL Central continues to be a little bit of a uh, tire fire to <laughs> start the year in the... In the MLB, so that uh, that's what's going on there. But it does look like the uh, St. Louis Cardinals are going to pick up a win uh, today, as they are currently up nine to four in that one. Uh, in terms of a state, we did see the announcements made official yesterday. Uh, the three additions for for a state women's basketball, most notably, is he Higginbottom. Uh, that was made official yesterday as a state got three uh, out of the portal. Uh, Bree Beck, a transfer from FIU, was our FAU. Excuse me, was also confirmed, and then uh, Melody Kapinga from UC Irvine was a confirmed addition to a state as well. Uh, men's golf, by the way, finished ninth in the Sunbelt Conference Championship and what apparently is like one of the hardest courses ever. That has been the report from everything around this Sunbelt Conference Championship as uh, they were playing down in El Dorado in the uh, Sunbelt Conference Championship at Mystic Creek. And uh, A-State finished tied for ninth. Uh, a couple of guys got a top 20 finish for uh, for a state, however, individually in that one. So that uh, that kind of laid us there in terms of what's going on with uh, a state athletics. Um, we'll we'll probably get into this more tomorrow, but I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I honestly forgot it was NFL draft night tomorrow until about 10 o'clock this morning. I, like, yeah, same, I, honestly. I don't know that I have any interest in it. And I think part of it is due to the fact that 
generally, in the NFL draft, I am interested to see what teams are going to be active in trading up in the draft to take a quarterback. Because it does feel like, on a normal year, it does feel like there are about four guys that are a quarterback that are going to be taken within the first 15, 20 picks that everyone is going to be trying to trade up for, right? And so it makes for some interesting storylines. Like, I'm looking at some of these mock drafts, and like some of them don't have a quarterback being taken off the board until Pittsburgh at 20. It's not a strong quarterback class. It really isn't. Um, I really don't think it's a strong class overall. It's like, not. We're, it's not at all. I mean, I, I looked at a mock draft earlier today, and I think uh, they had changed the, the, the number one pick, which is, I guess, the most interesting thing, to Trevon Walker, defensive lineman out of Georgia. Who like I don't even know if he was the best player on that Georgia defense this year, and they yeah. have him going number one over Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher from Michigan. Like I just I don't know that it's going to be that great of a of a draft class. I do think there's probably some pieces in there that will have long extended NFL careers, like every draft. But I don't know what the overall interest level is. Yeah, just because the quarterback class is not that great. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that tomorrow, more tomorrow. By the way, uh, former Earl High School standout Gary Bohannon has entered the transfer portal a couple, as of a couple hours ago. So be interesting to monitor that situation for Gary Bohannon. All right, that does it for us today. The Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Coming up tomorrow morning, 7 to 10, Sprint with Pedro, 10 to 12, Red Wolf Roll Call, tw- 12 to 2. It's the Workday Red Zone, which gets you back to us from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.